Michael, when's the last time that you can remember a very popular consumer tech product making waves with the public, inspiring a brand new ecosystem and marketplace, and then seeing a competitor's product pop up, at least at first, taking all the attention away from that original product? Well, um, yeah, we've seen that time and time again. I mean, the, the BlackBerry comes to mind. It essentially popularized the smartphone, but then Apple's iPhone came along and... Um, well, it's not a consumer tech product, so to speak, but social media platforms, we, we've seen that cycle too. MySpace helped popularize the concept, and then along comes Facebook, creating an entirely new marketplace uh, to bolt on top. Yeah, and those are great examples. And it's interesting you brought up the specific companies that you did. Um, we'll find out why later in this episode. But let me ask you this, Michael. In those cases, especially in consumer tech, when that new competitor comes along, how often is it that the new competitor's product is priced at nearly 10 times the original product? <laughs> 10 times. Um, yeah, you don't see that often. <laughs> I guess the BlackBerry was priced at what 350. I think the iPhone was more expensive, but like maybe 499, something like that. I remember, but yeah, not like $3,500. Yeah, well, in this episode, we're going to talk about a product that is $3,500 and honestly, more like $5,000 when you add up all the accessories, 10 times that of the closest competitive product. Wow. I'm talking about the Apple Vision Pro, which just hit the store's shelves just these last couple of weeks. And it's definitely already making waves. I mean, we're gonna talk about early reactions, whether public opinion says that, is it actually worth every bit of that price tag? Is it not? All of that and more right after we roll this intro. Welcome to Rocketship.fm. Rocketship FM is produced in partnership with Product Collective. We're your hosts, Michael Saka. And I'm Mike Belsito. But first, let's pause to hear from some of our sponsors. As AI continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation we can't ignore. AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. HackerOne employs over 2 million ethical hackers, and 750 of them specialize in prompt hacking and other AI security and testing. So HackerOne isn't just theorizing, they're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large company, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI for more. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI. This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. 
Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. All right, we're going to get into the release of the Apple Vision Pro in just a bit, but first we should probably catch up with what's going on in the world of tech, uh, maybe news that's relevant to us product people out there. You ready to catch up on the news, Michael? Oh yeah, I'm I'm ready. And uh, maybe we start going back to that news story uh, we talked about just a couple weeks ago. Which one was that? Well, if you remember, we talked about an AI-generated fake voice of Joe Biden being featured in robocalls that were essentially election interference. Yeah, I do remember that. And for listeners who don't remember, though, you can listen to the actual robocall right here. You know the value of voting Democratic when our votes count. It's important that you save your vote for the November election. We'll need your help in electing Democrats up and down the ticket. Voting this Tuesday only enables the Republicans in their quest to elect Donald Trump again. Your vote makes a difference in November, not this Tuesday. If you would like to be removed from future calls, please press 2. Again, not Joe Biden. Not really anyway. That was a deep fake. It was, but there's more to the story now? Yeah, actually, a few new developments. First of all, there's been more that's been released about who was potentially behind that fake President Biden call. Um, According to CNN, there's a pair of Texas-based telecom companies that may be responsible, um, at least according to the New Hampshire Attorney General, John Formiglia. Formiglia had a news conference last week and said that the source of the calls was linked to two businesses, Life Corporation and Lingo Telecom, and specifically identified Walter Monk as the owner of Life Corporation. Walter Monk. I wonder if this is some sort of like behind the scenes political figure who's like pulling all the strings in the background. Honestly, uh, who knows? But <laughs> what is what's more likely is Monk and his companies were just hired to do all of this, but investigations are still ongoing. Uh, but that's not all. Actually, the entire incident has quickly inspired new laws that are being put into place. All right. Tell me more about this. Yeah, the FCC just last week came down with a ruling of its own, essentially giving state attorneys general the ability to take action against callers using AI voice cloning tech. The ruling states that the already existing Telephone Customer Protection Act, TCPA, will recognize AI-generated voices as artificial or pre-recorded voice, which under the TCPA is restricted. Essentially, callers won't be able to use AI-generated voices for non-emergency purposes without prior consent from the FCC. All right, that's definitely interesting. So in the case of the Biden deepfake, I mean, election interference, it's already illegal, right? Yeah, it is. And it's true that most of the time, anybody using AI-generated deepfakes and a robocall is probably already up to something illegal, but um, whether it's election interference or some other scam. But now, the act of simply using AI audio in a robocall, that alone is now not allowed. All right. So we're seeing more regulation on the use of AI. Not necessarily surprising. I'm not sure, though, nope. if it's necessarily going to change the activities of the bad actors, so to speak. But but it is interesting nonetheless. And, and yeah, definitely a story worth noting here. Um, maybe we could talk about one more story of note. 
Um, I'm going to pick one about one of the big tech titans as of late, Snap, as they recently released their quarterly results. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't heard too much about this. Well, that's not so good. At least it's least not mm. for Snap. Uh, they reported revenue that actually trailed analysts' estimates, and they issued a forecast that came well below what Wall Street was expecting, which is never a good thing. And all of that resulted in a 30% drop in Snap stock pretty much instantly. Um, now it sits at a fraction of where it was peak uh, late 2021. It's 35% lower than the original IPO price to begin with when the company went public back in 2017. Yeah, you definitely don't like to see a company lose so much value over the course of like seven years. So where does this stand versus the competition? Well, like I said, Snap's high back in late 2021 um, was at a certain point and it's gone down by a factor of like seven or eight since then. Um, since that time, Meta's stock it originally took a hit, but now it's up 35% from that exact point. Um, other competitors, you know, I think of like TikTok, it's not a public company, so kind of harder to compare its performance against companies like that. Yeah, it seems like Snap has faced challenges in like regaining momentum ever since there's been a downturn in the digital advertising market. They've had six consecutive quarters of just modest growth or even declines in sales. The fourth quarter saw a slight increase in revenue to 1.3 billion, a 5% rise year over year, but it's less than what was expected. CEO Evan Spiegel points to geopolitical tensions as part of this, but again, you know, you got companies like Meta, you got TikTok, they seem to be doing just much better. Yeah, for sure. I, I will say there's one thing of note um, with Snap. This is actually the first time that they've talked about the performance of Snapchat Plus. That's their subscription service where you get access to different features, including their AI feature. Hmm. Um, they're actually seeing a $249 million annual revenue run rate, and they have 7 million subscribers. This is the first time that they've actually talked numbers there. So that's something for them. Uh, I guess it remains to be seen whether that is going to be enough you know just is it substantial yeah. compared to the entire business will it prop the rest of the company up especially if they continue to struggle with ads it's going to be remain to be seen i guess yeah so a couple stories of note here and Look, we should take a quick break, but when you're back, we're going to be talking about Apple. It's launch of the Apple Vision Pro. Uh, if you want to break the bank, spend thousands of dollars, then you can experience it for yourself. Is it worth it? That and more after the break. When Rain Wilson realized he had a special gift for talking people to sleep, he had two choices. Construct a massive speaker that would blast his voice to every person in the country or invent a talking pillow. AT&T Business eventually talked him into the pillow thing. And backed by a reliable network, the only network with built-in security controls, Sleep With Rain was a hit. Take your ideas to the moon and beyond at business.att.com. That's business.att.com. This episode is brought to you by Yahoo Finance. Wouldn't it be great if you could see all of your investment and retirement accounts in one place? With Yahoo Finance, you can consolidate your views with multiple accounts into one hub and access the expert analysis you need to tend to your entire portfolio with confidence. Honestly, this has been a lifesaver for me. I've used Yahoo Finance to consolidate all of my various 401k and investment accounts so I can see everything all 
all in one place. And it makes it incredibly easy to manage. So if you're struggling with that, check out Yahoo Finance. For over 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including your 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart a great investor. And that's how Yahoo Finance ensures that you have the insights to look at your wealth in its entirety. So go to yahoofinance.com. That's yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination. Earlier this month, Apple's latest next big thing, the Apple Vision Pro, it hit store shelves. Now, up until now, when people talked about experiencing virtual reality or augmented reality, they were likely talking about using devices like the Oculus or MetaQuest or maybe devices like PlayStation VR, the HTC Vive. But eight months ago, Apple changed that by giving us another one more thing moment. Here's Tim Cook at the Apple reveal last year. It's already been a big day, but we do have one more thing. This is a day that's been years in the making, one that I've really been looking forward to. I believe that augmented reality is a profound technology. Blending digital content with the real world can unlock experiences like nothing we've ever seen. So today, I'm excited to announce an entirely new AR platform with a revolutionary new product. And here it is. Here it is. He went on to present the Apple Vision Pro, at least give us a glimpse of what we can expect with it. He built it as an augmented reality platform, but it was only this month where people could actually buy one for themselves. And for those that were used to a price in the thousands of dollars, like the MetaQuest, well, they were probably disappointed because the base price for the Apple Vision Pro would be 3,500. If you want the extras, a case, a battery pack, inserts if you have prescription glasses, it could set you back as much as $5,000. But for those willing to spend that kind of money, it was ready. Here's a clip from Good Morning New York with more on the launch. Apple just released its new mixed reality headset, and man, it's getting some great reviews. The Apple Vision Pro provides virtual reality and augmented reality as well. Everybody's talking about it. Lance Ulanoff got his hands on it. <laughs> He's <laughs> And his head on it. He's the U.S. Editor-in-Chief at Tech Radar. All right, so what, what, why do you need this? <laughs> well, so here's, here's Apple's pitch. We should explain real quick what's this going is, on behind okay, you. Because yeah. so people are seeing it move all over the so place. Just so you know, you're looking at exactly what I'm seeing through the Apple Vision Pro. Okay, so, so why actually, do I need this? I'm trying not to move my head that much so it doesn't look too crazy behind me. But Apple's pitch for this is it's not just augmented reality or virtual reality it's spatial computing now i have been wearing this for days and i have not just been playing in you know looking at my photos or playing you know playing here in uh you know in 3d with safari or watching you know apple tv stuff i am my desktop is completely it's as big as the world and i also put i connect it to my macbook and so i'm working all day so i work and i play and it's all in three dimensions it's spatial so it's got that it also has spatial photography which gives you new life to photos so because wait, people Lance, are like I, they're there just explain it to me yes. so you can be 
in real time watching what's around you. Yes. And then you could play games at the same time or watch a movie? Yes. So that's one of the, the benefits of... of now, Lance seems pretty excited about it, actually, right? And it's pretty funny because when mm -hmm. you watch this segment, Lance talks about how it's game-changing because he can now do all these things without being closed off from the world around him because, you know, with augmented reality, you see these 3D things around you, but you also see the real world around you, too. Yeah, it's like in Free Guy when, when Guy puts on those special sunglasses. Exactly, exactly. And Lance talks about all this right here. Because you're not closed off from the world. Now, I don't know if you guys can notice. I'm going to look at one of you. You mm -hmm. see, you can see my eyes, right? Yes. So that's I'm called, behind the screen, though. That's called, right, but you can... Okay, so his co-host is a little skeptical. Yes, you're a part of the world around you, but you're still wearing these giant goggles. I mean, are you really still that connected to everybody else when you're wearing these <laughs> big goggles on your face? It's a fair point. I, I've already started to see TikToks of people walking around outside swiping and gesturing, and I don't know, is, is this really the world we're going to be living in? I don't know. It might be, but there does seem to be a lot of genuine excitement about Apple Vision Pro. I will say that. Yeah, there does. And it does seem to be different compared to what's being released in the VR AR world so far, which I appreciate. There are controls on the digital crown, the headset, but most of the controlling that a user's done, it's done through these gestures. Yeah. Lance goes on to talk about the learning curve of using Apple Vision Pro in this Good Day New York segment right here. Figure it out. I would say that uh, because you know Apple's shown us how it has this sort of think-do mentality when it develops interfaces, like with the iPhone, and that is very much what it feels like with the Vision Pro. I had basically no learning curve because whatever I looked at responded. Whatever I, you know, learning gestures like this, I'm moving around a screen with my hand, or I can make things, you know, larger. I can just grab the corner and make things larger. And if I have a 3D object in there, I can, you know, manipulate it. So. I can do what I want, whatever my intention is. I wanted to point out something. I'm looking directly to my left now, right? And I'm mm -hmm. looking at myself. Do you see that face? Yes. That is a persona. That's not really my face. Oh. So when I'm using this, I can also make FaceTime calls, and they won't see me with, this go with the goggles on. They'll see that. Now, that is a scan of my face, a 3D render of my face, because of all the cameras on here, tracks my eyes, tracks my mouth. When I talk, it'll talk and it'll move. So you can even see a little bit of it. Yeah, yeah. you can see it kind the of moving, moving there. Yeah. I'm purposely blinking my That's eyes crazy. a lot moving. So not much of a learning curve. Using it feels natural, at least according to Lance. But is he the only one excited about the Apple Vision Pro? Hardly. There are lots of people definitely excited. Actually, the Wall Street Journal's Joanna Stern attempted to wear her Apple Vision Pro for 24 hours straight. That sounds like some YouTuber challenge, is it? I mean, it kind of is, right? Because Joanna made this YouTube video about her 24 hours inside of <laughs> Apple Vision Pro. And here's the beginning of her journey. As soon as you put on the headset, you see the real world. Right here is a grid of apps, the home screen. You just look at what you want to select. Then you use your hands to select it. Right now, I'm looking at settings. Now, App Store. Notes. Photos. Safari. And to select one, I just pinch. It's really intuitive. And to scroll, you just pinch and drag. The coolest thing is how you can place apps all around you. Apple calls this spatial computing. So I can start writing over here in a document in front of me. I've got email over here on the left. 
and I've got music over here on the right. I was all set up to do some real work, except one big problem. This is typing. Yeah, it's a struggle for anything longer than a quick message. Thankfully, I have never been so happy to see a keyboard. Okay, so not everything is virtual. Yes, you can type on a virtual keyboard, but if you're really using this thing for work, you're still gonna need a real keyboard. That's right, or even a Mac of your own. The real game changer for getting work done? Adding in a Mac. We are connected. Yes, you get a giant desktop for your Mac apps, and you can run Vision Pro apps right next to them. Continue to work in the headset for the next few hours, and got a lot done. Of course, wearing the Apple Vision Pro for 24 hours requires you to do other real-world things, not just work tasks. Like? Well, like cooking. Here's Joanna again. <laughs> and here is our recipe, balsamic mushroom and sausage pasta. Crouton is a recipe app for the Vision Pro. So I put the window on one side of the kitchen and got cooking. It is not recommended to prepare food while wearing the Apple Vision Pro. Okay, sure. Don't worry, my producers were standing by to make sure I was safe. Prepping food was really natural, especially. I could cut onions all day in this. My eyes do not burn. This is amazing. But the absolute best thing. So I see the timer here and now I can move it over the pasta. And now I have a second timer for six minutes that I'm putting over the mushrooms. Okay, this is really cool actually. In the video, you see her setting these timers, then literally placing the timers over the different pots and pans that she's using. So if your mushrooms need to cook for five minutes, but your steak needs to cook for three, you can set timers above each of those things and leave those timers there. The timers are virtual, but the things you're cooking are real. But every time you glance back, you can actually see these timers just sort of floating right above them. Yeah, that's that's actually really interesting. I, I might even use that when I'm cooking. <laughs> right? I totally could. But admittedly, not everything is perfect. This is just the coolest. Was it perfect? No. You're still looking at life on a screen. In low light, I couldn't read things with smaller print because of pixelation. Is there even pepper coming out? I cannot see it. And some stuff just didn't look like the right color. But the display quality is far better than the other leading, though far more affordable, headset, the $500 MetaQuest 3. This is pretty much ready. I mean, it's pretty cool getting to hear Joanna do these kind of real world things all with her Apple Vision Pro wrapped right around her face. And that's not all she did. I mean, she, of course, watched 2D and 3D movies through Apple TV and other compatible apps. Although it is worth noting that apps like Netflix, for instance, it's not a native app. You can't actually use a Netflix app, but you could watch Netflix on an internet browser using Apple Vision Pro. But she even went skiing using the Apple Vision Pro, mostly just to record the spatial video, but she was able to do it, even though, you know, I don't think anybody would recommend doing something like that. Yeah, so what is Apple's vision for this Apple Vision Pro, and what's the final verdict on whether they're worth it? That and more after a quick break. Before the break, we were getting a first glimpse at the Apple Vision Pro. We heard from two members of the media who got some in-depth experience living their lives with Apple Vision Pro over the past couple of weeks. What's Apple's vision for this? Well, here's Tim Cook on Good Morning America with some of his thoughts. Oh, I think it's going to be used in so many different ways because 
It's a it's a spatial computer, mm -hmm. and you know the the iPhone introduced us to mobile computing. The Mac introduced us to personal computing. This is the first spatial computer, and people are going to interact with it in different ways. Some people will connect with it uh, with FaceTime and so forth. Some people will train on it. Surgeons will train on it. Um, it's just the the number of use cases is like a computer. Yeah. It's just enormous because there's over a million apps for it already. So it's for everybody, at least everyone that can afford it. Yeah, but not just people. Businesses, too. CNBC's Steve Kovach recently joined Squawk Box, and he had a conversation with Tim Cook about the use cases as well. And he's going to share what his conversation with Tim was like. And, you know, I asked uh, Cook, you know, what is this for? You know, he's talked a lot about entertainment and things like that. But another thing besides that obvious use case of, you know, watching cool movies on your face, I guess, in this big screen, uh, B2B and enterprise, he seemed really excited about the prospect of selling the Vision Pro to businesses. He gave me examples of, you know, doctors uh, practicing virtual surgery uh, using the Vision Pro or uh, Walmart using an app that helps employees like stock shelves better so they can find the optimal place to put things on shelves. Uh, one thing I would note, though, because, you know, I asked him, other headsets have tried this. Microsoft has tried going into the enterprise, for example, with the HoloLens. Google Glass tried it uh, years ago after they failed to take off with consumer. Magic Leap, that startup, same thing. Um, it, so it's not a new idea they're really chasing here. It's just doing it in kind of an Apple way. I know you tried it, Andrew, and it sounds like you're, you're kind of a believer, aren't you? Uh, I'm a believer that I saw the future. And, and what I said actually online after I tried it for the second time yesterday is, if you can afford the future now, you will probably go buy it. Uh, but if you can't afford the future today, you will wait. Uh, it'll be probably a lot better and lighter uh, in the actual future. And either way, the future is pretty cool. So uh, yes, I, I'm a believer that we will all own something like this. And whether it's made by Apple or, frankly, Meta in the future, who knows? I recognize that it's going to be, I think, multiple years before we get to a place where it's affordable for, for, for folks uh, across the country. $3,500, it is a true pro device. So when people talk about a Mac Pro, this is as pro as it gets. And it's the professionals, those who can expense it or those who are, you know, super sort of luxury. So all sorts of applications, including business use cases. And to CNBC's Squawk Box, it is the future. So I guess the million dollar question, or maybe I should say the $3,500 question is, is it worth it? Well, we just heard Squawk Box's opinion. It's a device of the future that you can have today. So if you can afford it, or better yet, expense it from work, sure. But if you can't, should you really push yourself to buy it now? Uh, maybe not, right? Like, I'm not sure it adds an incredible amount of value to your life beyond the, the cool factor. I mean, very cool. Um, some of those things we were talking about before, like, I'd like to do those things. But from everything that I've heard, um, I, I think it does live up to the hype. And in fairness, I haven't even had a chance to use it myself. So who knows? Maybe once I do use it, I'm going to feel like, you know what? Forget it. I'm going to shell all this money away, the thousands of dollars that it would take. But in reality, 
it's probably not a bad idea to also wait a little bit until the device is even better, lighter, maybe produces more, and in all reality, probably will get a little less expensive too. Yeah, I, I think um, the part that I struggle with is, is while it's augmented reality, which is nice, right? So like you can see what's happening around you while having some of these experiences like the timer, what it lacks is this kind of shared experience, which is what we enjoy from the real world. So even when you see those videos of the people walking down the street, swiping, yes, they're in the street, they can see where they're going, but I don't actually know what they're swiping on, right? So there is this like hesitation when you're interacting with folks with it on, what are they doing with it? Are they doxing me? Are they are they looking up information? Are they are they even paying attention to what what I'm saying? So there there is a bit of that disconnect and you know, even with the cooking example, as cool as that is if you're cooking alone, I've been cooking a lot with the kids and and those types of interactive features, they're good for that one person, but I really want to better understand that shared experience. And I don't know if I want my family walking around with, you know, these vision goggles uh, all the time, because it does put up a barrier, even if we're, they're starting to break down some of those barriers of, uh, of VR. But anyway, that's just my opinion. Um, and, and granted, uh, I am probably out of the cool club uh, <laughs> these days, but um, I, I feel like it needs a couple more iterations until I would want to use it uh, in public. Yeah, I totally hear you. And and even when those iterations come to your point, it still feels like we're sort of promoting this disconnected world. Sure, we can connect to, you know, an entire universe in front of our eyes when we're wearing the thing. But what about the real people that are actually around us? But yeah, I don't want to make it sound like, um, you know, one of these old people that's like, you know, get off my lawn. You know, this is back in my day. We would never do this. But I just think about like, when I see my family on devices and they're just staring and swiping at phones, I already feel a little disconnected from yeah. them. So if they have these whole, you know, giant headsets walking around all day, you'd feel that even more. But it is pretty cool. So I don't know. I want to at least totally. try it out and uh, at least for like entertainment value, if uh, like the family's asleep or something, maybe it'd be cool. But um, I don't know. I'm curious if any of you listeners <laughs> out there, if you've already experienced Apple Vision Pro yourselves or you want to share your thoughts, I definitely am curious what you have to say. So, I don't know. Find us on LinkedIn or X, uh, Mike Belsito, Michael Saka. You could message us there. I, I'd love to hear from you and hear your opinions as well. Absolutely. So, for now, we'll wrap things up for today. For Mike Belsito, I'm Michael Saka, and this is Rocketship.fm.